like I started every time. <laughs> what, what is, is up? up? Mile higher. Home slices. Home slices. Oh, hey. God, I'm so nerdy. Kendall was just making fun of me before this podcast. <laughs> Don't tell me how me. nerdy I am. Am I nerdy, guys? Do Dude, I look nerdy? You are nerdy, and you. And she's you making fun of my awesome nerdy. necklace. What I wasn't making Sorry, fun I'm of selling, your necklace. I'm totally selling you out right now. You are. I'm just like, I'm pissed. She's ragging on my I fucking necklace. I wasn't making fun of his necklace. I was just making just fun. Just because it has a carving of <laughs> like a an wise old wizard man. man. Yeah. <laughs> It's beautiful, guys. I was I just, it. I was just being funny with okay. you. I love you, and I love that you wear right. crystals. It makes you very smart. Plus, Labradorite is good for some woke ass podcasting. Absolutely, so. because <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> we have to awaken our woke senses during this podcast in yes. order to take in the information. Because today full is potential. full of stuff. Yes, it's a full load today. <laughs> Sorry, that okay. sounds gross. But. Um, anyway, this is podcast 11. And today we are talking about the mysterious disappearance of flight MH370, Malaysian Airlines plane that went missing in 2014. That in the last episode, if you watched it, we talked about, um, well, I mentioned how obsessed I was with the case and like how when it was happening, Josh and I were watching a ton of news coverage of it. Remember that? Yeah, we did. We followed this quite a bit. I was obsessed with it. Because it was, I mean, it was just mind-boggling that mm -hmm. it was happening. It's definitely aviation's greatest time. mystery. Yeah. Because here we are Absolutely. in 2018, and we still don't know what happened. Yeah, and that's the whole thing about is... But we're going to solve that today. Just <laughs> yes, we have the answer. <laughs> we know kidding. where it is. We, don't we know. know what happened. No, we have no clue. But... Before we get into that, just real quick, thank you to our stellar patrons, Elizabeth B, Rebecca H, Chase C, Jake C, Jim W. If you haven't checked out our Patreon page, please take a cruise over there whenever you have a chance. Otherwise, if you want to support the podcast, what's extremely helpful, and a lot of you have already done this and we really appreciate it, is go on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you can leave a review or rating on the podcast. This helps us out immensely guys it really does and it helps not only our podcast be seen by more people but it's just it helps us get recognized by itunes and all these other platforms you know mm -hmm. there's a lot it, it'd be really cool to see a podcast like this talking about the things that we do yeah. you know like end up on the charts somewhere yeah. one day that'd be yeah. cool right that would be cool so if you guys if you guys feel like leaving us a review good or bad do it <laughs> good or bad Please. yeah for real yeah I always tell people the same things with my videos, like whether you up thumbs it up or thumbs it down, you're still helping me. Like right. it's just engagement at the end of the day. But yes, give us a rating. That would be very, very appreciated. Um, but what what next? Our patron question of the oh, week. Hell yeah. You I wanna... actually love doing these. I love answering them. I never know them until we're sitting here. Okay, this is from Abby, and it says, if you could time travel back to one event or point in history to prove or disprove a conspiracy theory, which would you travel back to so you would finally have the answers? That's very, very interesting. Very well question right there. Hmm, it would have to be one that you could like witness something to be able to see. Yeah. So... I, I mean, I'd Ooh. probably say the Titanic because then we could go back and like check on it, you know, check ourselves, <laughs> see the windows. Because I'm assuming the, this question's like if you could switcheroo. travel back in time right now and we could do, you know, try to investigate or witness any any event that ended up being conspiracy theory. I would say probably I, I think one that is I mean, 9-11 is just like 
crazy and and just like i wish i could be there and just kind of like from an aerial perspective and see like uh, the big grand scheme of things if i can time travel i can like but how would you prove a conspiracy just by seeing it happen <sighs> like the titanic true. i guess i would go back know. and try to get some evidence while it's sitting there but yeah, with that's 9-11 true. you that's can't true. like yeah because i mean everyone's seen it like a billion times either that or like the jfk assassination would be interesting yeah. to see if there was like you know or like what the umbrella person did yeah yeah actually like, like just watch. go back in time and, and like know all the things that mm-hmm. we know right now and just or go see. find uh what's his face uh <laughs> wow so profesh Who? um <laughs> what's his name pa- lee rv hot <laughs> wow lee, lee harvey, harvey oswald, oswald. Yeah. yes what if you like went and hung out with him until this happened and see if he actually did it yeah mm. that'd be really cool actually very interesting all right i like that question thank you abby Yes, thank you for the question. But to begin things today, there was some major news that broke um, a few hours ago, really. Um, basically, it's a new update on the Atacama humanoid body that was found, um, I think, 15 years ago is actually when it was first found. But it first kind of came to the public light in Dr. Stephen Greer's documentary, Serious. And if you haven't seen that, basically, in 2003... A strange looking skeleton and when we say strange skeleton if you haven't seen it it literally looks like a tiny little alien body yeah like 100% if you'd see it you'd be like oh yeah right you would just off first glance be like that looks like a little alien it looks fake almost yes looks very fake like an action figure or something because it's really small it's only six inches yes it's six inches long and it's been preserved in the dry desert conditions in the um, Atacama Desert which is in Chile and what's weird about it is it's missing a pair of ribs and it has a highly deformed head and face and an elongated skull. So it just it looks straight up alien. And what I thought was interesting um, that I forgot about was that this specimen isn't ancient either. It's not extremely old. It's only about 40 years old. And it was mm. discovered 15 years ago. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize I thought it was a lot older than that, but it's actually only from 40 years ago. And wow, that, that's the state of it. Yeah. After 40 years wild huh. right 40 wow so one of the so this has been um this really kind of became a big deal and in, in a um very well renowned uh microbiologist <laughs> microbiologist and nice immunologist try. sorry <laughs> gary nolan of Stanford <laughs> university got involved with this back in 2013 when uh dr greer and him got together and and they filmed examining it extracting dna from it tissue things like that running it through a crt in order to yeah scanning it x-ray all the different things in order to try to figure out what this was and i mean at first glance obviously you know if it's not alien it's human and it's some like tiny fetus or a tiny baby human or something yeah um i did a video on this and that's what most of the comments were saying were um this looks like uh a fetus but then right. it's interesting because gary nolan a few years ago was like yeah it's definitely not a fetus though because it had the bone maturity of an eight-year-old right um so it's like some weird deformity right? yes exactly so the big news that broke today was that five years later after really researching this thing doing the test going through the gen- like literally dissecting the genetic code of this thing um they basically were able to determine that Ada, which is the nickname for this body, was a human girl of Chilean descent. And wow. she was very likely still developing, still a developing fetus when she died, 
even though she exhibited the bone composition of a six-year-old child. Wow. So she was a fetus, but she had the bone composition yeah. of a six-year-old child. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Huh. And the reason for this um, <laughs> is that Ada suffered from a rare bone aging disorder. And basically, the researchers were able to identify mutations in at least seven genes that either separately or in tandem contributed to Ada's odd physical characteristics, including facial malformations, bone deformities, and apparent dwarfism, known as skeletal dysplasia. Mm. And some of the genes analyzed in the study were already known to cause disease. But this is the first time that some of the mutations were linked to abnormal bone growth or other developmental problems. So this is a just a bizarre specimen is is what they're saying and and they're very surprised and don't know how <clears throat> this this child has as many mutations as she did. Yeah. So it's really wild and it is a very weird rare specimen that we really haven't seen much of before. So but they were able well, to Well, how did they determine that part of it wasn't human DNA or now Well, they don't it know. was unknown. It wasn't it yeah. was just unknown. They didn't know what it was, but right. it is human. So they never linked it back to anything else. I just realized, am I going to like be blending into the background the whole time again? And so are you. (laughs) Dude, are we going to look like two floating heads? We have like both green. No, we won't be floating heads. It'll just be like blue. It'll just be the opposite color. It'll probably be like kind of kind of dark. We might look like ghosts on this podcast. (laughs) We'll see. Rightfully so. All right. Well, what a bummer. I really thought that was. Yeah, a lot of people really thought that. It was going to come back being extraterrestrial of some sort. But this is why I trust Dr. Greer's. He never pushed that this was a body. From the beginning, he said, this is very strange. We don't know what it is. It could be alien, but I mean, we just, we don't, just know. don't know. And he always had that. And that's why I really, really trust him as an as a resource for alien information. Um, he didn't try to push this as this is a body. And it's definitely no. an alien. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, that's what you would expect from a, a doctor. I mean, somebody intelligent. It's wild looking, though. It is. How it's come very we never bizarre. see stuff like that now? Well, we do. We have found other other bodies, other small bodies. I mean, maybe not that exact yeah. one. But we have found other heads that are along, skulls that are elongated and stuff. Yeah. So it's not totally out of, you know, the ordinary to discover kind of an alien looking thing. Because we've yeah. found other things that look like aliens yeah. that just turn out to be humans like, like there was a civilization that ties like boards to their heads yeah like yeah. weird shit where they stretch re- their skull and like as babies they like force their skulls to it's it's weird and i, I think a lot of us forget like how much history is before us and yeah. just all the things that we probably have no clue about yeah that they did i mean for all we know like our ancestors were aliens and and maybe were the aliens too so yeah we're just, well we like, probably are evolved are, differently dna didn't come from this earth it right. came from outer space came from elsewhere Zeta reticular. All right, before we go, yeah, before we jump into, <laughs> yeah, sorry, before we get into MH370 though, after la- last week's podcast, we did get a lot of comments about, hey, you guys didn't talk about this, talk about that when it comes to that bizarre voicemail that went viral. Oh. I know, I hate that we have to come back and re revisit this, but I just Fucking wanted voicemail. to revisit it very quickly just to put the rest of the information out there and give our thoughts on it just because people really want to know what we think because some people are starting to jump on this on this wagon here and this wagon's going down a a dark hole (laughs) well the (laughs) wagon they think that the world's ending on april 18th yeah i mean they've taken this this message this voicemail message that read (laughs) s danger sos it is dire for you to evacuate be cautioned they are not human zero four two nine three three nine six four two three zero sos danger sos 
And so the numbers are coordinates, which led to a location in Africa and another one in Malaysia, apparently. And many users thought that these coordinates somehow were linked to MH370 and the missing aircraft because they were close to Malaysia. And it was and it had nothing to do with that. It's not even anywhere near where the plane. And people are like, well, okay, they clearly the plane encountered aliens. And that's why they said evacuate. They're not human. But it's like, dude, they're on a plane. Where are they going to makes no sense for a plane? It just screams amateur to me. Dude. And look at this guy. This is the (laughs) the guy who posted it. Look up the guy who posted this message. Well, I don't he may not be like, right. No, I don't want to say he made it up because it's very possible someone pranked him and then he just shared. It's very true. Um, but yeah, it's so weird, though. It There's is weird. nothing solid. It's no. such I I just can't stand this like hoaxy crap that people are getting into. It's like sad because this is the kind of stuff that distracts you from actual real stuff that's theories happening. and actual like things that actually hold any evidence. This is just like th- grasping at straws. I mean, the fact that people have connected this to like yeah, I'll tell you about that real quick. <laughs> some others, some other stuff that we forgot to mention was that he. The guy that posted the initial tweet about this voicemail he got, he also posted uh, screenshots of unsettling direct messages he had been receiving on his Twitter account, which some were one was in Indonesian um, and Malaysian was the other one and a couple in Morse code. He got like Morse code messages and then conveniently Malaysian and Indonesian voicemail or uh, messages on Twitter. Well, I'm pretty sure we're not even sure that he actually got these messages. Right. He disabled his account. It's possible someone made another account claimed to be him back on Twitter. And then and there is a lot of fake really accounts him. involved with this. Yeah, too. tons of fake accounts. This is just such BS. But apparently the Indonesian message he got when run through Google Translate, which is always reliable, turned out to be this warning <laughs> and the post you just shared about the recording on your phone. Okay, come on. <laughs> And then others translated the Morse code number sequences that read, they are taking over. So just convenient messages with with dialogue that goes along with the voicemail and probably just creeped. I'm sure this Thai dude, if he didn't have any involvement with the creation of his voicemail, was just like freaked the fuck out. Like just completely. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I think he was. And that's why he deleted his account. The stuff he got. Yeah, it is yeah. probably why he deleted his account. And somehow, out of these messages, they arrived at cryptic lines about Stephen Hawking. And yeah. one user started tweeting that um, it had to the message received was related to Stephen Hawking's death. You are oh not ready God. to face them. And then apparently, the Morse code numerical sequences allude to like this, <laughs> this April eighteenth, two thousand eighteen, fuckery. Which on April eighteenth, apparently, a reckoning rapture or aliens are taking over that day, according to the messages. Good God. Damn. And then I think the only other thing that we forgot to mention was that this Thai guy said he had somebody at his house 3 a.m. taking pictures of him, which could be true. But then yet again, someone took pictures of no our proof. house a few weeks ago. That's what I'm saying. It could be. I mean, it could be a lot of different. But at 3 a.m., that is yeah. a little bizarre. Yeah. If that was true. If it was true. Who knows? So who knows? Y'all? Just just go easy on it. Let's just wait at least till April 18th. <laughs> <laughs> Again, so dumb. I mean, we people can't are terrified say that's of it, not dude. true because we don't know. I don't know. Obviously not. But, but it is so hoaxy. my bullshit meters going on. So like, dude, for real, burr, it's just like complete. <sighs> but since you guys, since we talked about MH370 last week because of this voicemail, we were like, you know, it would be a good week to do a whole podcast on the Malaysian 370 flight, which is very, very interesting. So you ready to get into that? Yeah, it's a, it's. And just to preface this um, 
this podcast episode, there is a lot of information about this. I mean, there's thousands of pages of reports and stuff. So there's just so much to it that we aren't going to be able to cover all of it, but we're going to cover all the juicy stuff, all the stuff that's interesting and some of the theories behind what happened to it and where it is and all these different things. But there is a lot of details to it. So we always like to say, if you want to know more about something, you know, or you are questioning something we're saying, always do your own research. And, you know, yeah, if you want to look in, so there's so much. This. And there's, it's very conflicting information from multiple countries, reports, and it's just very confusing all around. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff out there. So there is, um, hopefully we can, cause there was a lot of hands in the pot, basically a lot of hands in the pot for this investigation. There was a lot of people involved, manpower. Mo- there's just a lot of factors a lot of different variables so what the fuck happened to malaysian flight mh370 i have always wondered yeah i, I mean sadly i kind of forgot about it till we started till we really till that voicemail yeah i kind of forgot about it oh, a little bit man. dude i've been looking this up like, at oh, least shit, once every few months fucking giant airplane missing yeah with 239 people yeah when it happened, you were really into it, I remember. Yeah, no, when I, no, when it happened, I was all over it. It's just it's been it's been a little while since it's been in like the news, so. Oh, I know they hushed it down real quick. Yeah, um, this is really bizarre. Yeah, it's extremely bizarre. So, let's go over it for people who don't know the details of how everything went down. We just want to do a comprehensive yes, review. Yes, comprehensive review of News 370. <laughs> all right, let's do it. So, Flight MH370 Malaysian Airlines on the morning of March 8th, 2014, this Beijing-bound plane departed Kuala Lumpur Lumpur, Lumpur around 12.20 a.m. with 227 passengers and 12 crew members on board. What's interesting is it was one of two daily flights operated by Malaysian Airlines or Malaysia Airlines from its hub at Kuala Lumpur International Airport to the Beijing Capital International Airport. So... Just want to make sure that it's clear. This is just a normal flight happens on a daily basis. So nothing weird or special about it. And the planned flight duration for this flight is five hours and 34 minutes. And it, in order to complete the flight, it requires 82,000 pounds of jet fuel. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because when we start talking about where it could have gone and where it could have actually maybe crashed or landed, I think it's helpful to have this information that it only had so much fuel to get five hours and 34 minutes between Kuala Lumpur and Beijing. So it can't fly like from Malaysia to Africa on one, without refueling. The, the Yeah, isn't that interesting? But, but they carried 100. But they actually carried uh, some reserve fuel, a total of 108,200 pounds. So they do have extra, which gives them sort of a safety net of seven hours and 31 minutes. Oh. And to put this in perspective, though, it's really not that much fuel. It's only enough to divert to alternate alternate airports in China because mm. that's they're just thinking that there's slightly closer airports that they could land or farther ones they could go to in the event they couldn't land in Beijing. Okay. So the plane's planned route would have taken it north over the Gulf of Thailand and Vietnam with an arrival in Beijing around 630 a.m. That's the time the plane. Uh, MH370 is supposed to land. So, on board the plane, the majority of the passengers, 150 of them, were from China, 38 were from Malaysia, and only three were from the United States. 
One of the Americans that was on board was Philip Wood, a 50-year-old IBM executive. Oh, I remember this guy. Yeah. Another passenger was a martial arts expert, Ju Kun, who recently had joined the production of the Netflix series Marco Polo, which was filming in Malaysia at the time. Interesting. And then as far as the other passengers go, they were from an assortment of countries like Indonesia, Australia, France, New Zealand, Ukraine, Canada, Russia, Taiwan, Italy, the Netherlands, and Austria. But there were also two um, two people from Iran, which it sucks that they get automatically labeled, you know, kind of stereotyped as possible like terrorists. But it is something that was considered. It has to be considered. Yeah, there and there were two Iranian guys. One was like 19. The other was 29. And they actually boarded the flight with stolen Austrian yeah. and Italian passports. And that's the reason why they were right. there, you know, of interest. They right. wouldn't have just had them of interest if they were iranian that would be straight racist but yeah. because they had these passports missing or stolen passports i mean that's just mm. but i think that they figured out they were just trying to immigrate that's right yeah they were just they they had bought the passports um in malaysia oh and you can just buy passports by the way yeah and it's crazy that you can actually like board a flight with a with a uh, stolen passport or uh copied version of it mm. um sorry <laughs> the pilot captain zahari ahmad shah who was 53 at the time and the co-pilot was farik abdul hamid 27 and they were both malaysian shah had 18,000 hours of flying time he actually joined the malaysian airlines in 1981 so he was considered a veteran pilot and hamid had uh 2700 hours so and he was extremely a me uh yeah Shaw, is it Shaw? Is that how you say it? Yes. Saha or Shaw, yes. Yeah, he he was like really, really into being a pilot. I mean, it was like his life passion. Yes. He even had a flight sim simulator in his house. Yes. Uh, which is really going above and beyond as a pilot. So he put in a lot of extra hours on the simulator because that's part of the training is is flight simulator. Uh, lots of hours in the flight simulator. Yeah. So do you, do they have to have one then? No, well, you have to fly the simulator, but you, like he but had most one. Don't own one. No, no, no. Like I could okay. build a flight simulator in my house if I wanted to. Really? Yeah. Mm. Anybody can do it. You yeah. should. That'd be fun. But it's like legitimate training. Like you have to know how to like use everything. Use yeah. it. So it's right. it's pretty complex. So both these guys were had been flying for some time. And one thing I wanted to mention about Shaw is that. Six week before or six weeks before the aircraft's disappearance, Captain Zahari Shah used his home simulator to fly a route that was initially similar to the part of the route flown by MH370 up the Strait of Malacca with a left hand turn and track into the southern Indian Ocean. Which this was according to the Australian uh, report that was released. Mm. And so, when of course, when this disappeared. After after this disappeared off a of radar and everybody had no clue what happened to it. Yeah, the FBI. I mean that the U.S. was involved. Malaysia was involved, and Australia were the big countries that were involved with figuring out what happened to it. I'm getting a I'm getting a little bit ahead here. Yeah, but, I was I was like confused for a second. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm getting a little bit ahead here, but he did fly a route similar on his flight simulator. So when we talk about the route, just remember that. Okay. Did he? One where he ditched it or just? Uh, I don't think they were able to determine that okay. from the simulator. 
Okay, and then the last thing that they said on the plane, the last thing they heard them say was, good night, Malaysia 370. So creepy. And then it just went out and eventually... Yeah, that was it. Um, Sorry, one other thing I wanted to mention about the the co-pilot that you brought up to me. I'm just trying to paint a picture of the pilots real quick. Yeah. The co-pilot in 2011 actually let like teenage girls or like young girls into the actual Mm -hmm. uh, cockpit with him yeah so people are like it was he like the most responsible pilot like right so they have been distracted so right as of right now the pilots are definitely questionable but there's nothing that would make them seem like out of the ordinary yeah and one of the one of the things that's a lot of people wonder about is they've heard about this mystery passenger. So official reports state that there were 239 souls on on flight MH370, 12 crew members and 227 passengers. Uh, but but this guy named Milne, he's a military technology developer. Um, he he claims that the cargo manifest report from that day said that there was only 228 passengers on board. Hmm. And the 228 is the number of seats sold as of two hours before the flight. And this does not include the two children who sit with their parents. So it's been claimed by this guy and some others that four people did not board the plane. So that would make the final number of seats used down to, down to 224. Huh. And huh. So who wasn't on the plane? Did people right. just get a bad feeling and didn't go? Well, no, that's the thing is we don't know. So the official reports say that there's some discrepancy discrepancy between the manifest report like the reports can change basically they're saying it's not like that's not a hundred percent it changes from times and times the manifest report like depending on situations and stuff so it it changes so it's possible that there there may have been one person unaccounted for on the plane it's possible but we don't know for sure okay but back to the story the planes in the air headed towards Beijing and at around 1 a.m. The plane transmitted its final aircraft communications addressing and reporting system signal Which this allows the computers on board the plane to communicate with the control towers on the ground and according to officials the last communication MH370 had with the air traffic control like you were saying came around 1:20 a.m. When one of the pilots said good night Malaysia 370 and real quick. I just want to play a little bit of the last really sound from transmission from this plane is that before right? it goes transmission? yeah a transmission so So that is the last transmission and and mm. what's happening during that is they're 
basically telling Malaysia, we're leaving your airspace and we're going to be entering, um, we're supposed to be entering Vietnam's airspace. Hmm. What's wrong? <laughs> no, it's just. But so it's the transition between one airspace to another. So that's that's typical. There's nothing out of the ordinary during that transmission is the point of showing that. it's completely normal. There's no panicking. There's nothing, nothing seemingly nothing wrong. Yeah, right. Other than when when he was signing off, he was like, good night, uh, Malaysian 370. He said like, uh, for a second. Yeah. And some people say that, like, if you listen to that back again, you would hear maybe a slightly more American sounding voice. Can we play at it again? the end of the of the transmission? Yeah, let's play that last part again. You want to play it again? Like an earlier one and then the last part. Like an earlier one of what? Like when he was talking to get his voice before. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's the tower. Okay, that's his... This is the plane. Tower. Plane. And here's the last one coming. It does sound a little different. It does sound a little different at the end, actually. Hmm. That's interesting. And that's the last we heard from them. Like, that's it. That's the last we heard from that plane. Wow. And something, yeah, yeah, I know. So shortly, so shortly after that last broadcast, the officials at the Civil Aviation Administration of Vietnam said that the plane failed to check in as scheduled with the air traffic controllers in Ho, Ho Chi Minh City and all those computers on board the air or aboard the plane that could track its position had been deactivated. So this is this is pretty much when the plane completely disappears. Mm-hmm. It goes off a of radar. It's no communications made with it. And actually, I didn't know this, but a captain of another airplane attempted to reach the crew of Flight 370 oh, after wow. using the international distress frequency to oh, relay yeah. Vietnam, Vietnamese air traffic control requests for the crew to contact them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the, and the captain that. said he was able to establish contact, but only heard mumbling and static. And they oh, actually so made weird. calls at 2.39 a.m. and 7.13 a.m., but they were unanswered and but acknowledged by the aircraft satellite data unit. So that may have been. So the call was coming through. It was yeah. It was being. But it was acknowledged, acknowledged as answered or just. That yeah, it I mean, I, I don't know what acknowledged. So it was for ringing the, or whatever for the, the satellite. Call yeah, was complete. Okay. Yeah. So it, that basically the communication went through and it was it was actually accepted by MH370, but there was no response or or anything like that. So it's completely quiet. And at 2.25 a.m., the aircraft satellite communication sent a log-on request message. And this is the first message on the system um, since the uh, system's transmission at 1.07 a.m., which relayed by satellite to a ground station. And both of these operated by satellite telecommunications company in Marsat. And by logging onto the network, the satellite data unit aboard the aircraft responded to hourly status requests from the satellite and the two ground to aircraft phone calls at 239 and 713, which went unanswered by the cockpit. So those, yeah, I guess those were direct calls to the cockpit from another aircraft. I didn't even know they could do that, but they have the ability via satellite to call. I guess it's probably a good thing they can call each other. Yeah. 
And the final status request and aircraft acknowledgement occurred at 8.10 a.m., about one hour and 40 minutes after it was scheduled to arrive in Beijing. So the, I'm, I'm detailing different things that the basically the onboard computer system logged um, and was actually transmitted back to um, the ground. The aircraft sent a logon request at 8.19 a.m., which was followed after response from the ground station by a logon acknowledgement message at 8.19. So the plane is still up. It's still going. It doesn't. It's still doing its thing. It's just turned off all of its communications equipment and basically um, disappeared from radar. Mm. But they believe it was just flying. Yeah, it was just flying. Still, it was still in the air. Still, mm. I mean, the, the onboard computers were still going. So, and the last status request from Inmarsat was at nine fifteen a.m. and the aircraft did not respond. Mm. And one of the most wild things about it is the flight path completely changed. Yeah, it did. And based on military radar that we have, it is believed the plane changed course immediately after the communication systems were deactivated. That's that's like a very timed move too. Dude, like totally. All right, we're gonna turn communications off and we're gonna turn this thing around. Dude, yeah. I really think someone something happened. Did this. Something happened, yeah. Because yeah. it turn banked them west. Off and then t- change directions. Wow. So communications dead, and then as soon as they did that, the planes the flight yeah. path completely changes like yeah that's just so like the fact that they were like one after the other is just so obvious that somebody did something yeah that really does make a lot of sense and so the plane actually banked west from its northern path and headed back toward malaysia now over the indian ocean so it was going north guys and it literally flipped around and went south drill yep. like almost directly south yep so clearly somebody did it like was like we're gonna u-turn this thing and go the other way do you think you would feel that as a passenger, like the turning? Yeah, you know what I was thinking about that. Like, what were the passengers? What that what that must have been like? I'm sure they could feel that because I'm sure it was like a fast turnaround, like as fast as they could do it, probably. Yeah, probably. And I mean, you wow. feel like a plane because, like, to do a U-turn, yeah. though, they'd have to kind of flip the plane, like, kind of on its yeah, side. Yeah, oh, yeah, you would. Feel so it. you would feel that for, for sure. sure. You'd be like, "Whoa!" So then there's a there's a lot of people out there that question, like, why weren't there any calls made? Like, if people knew something was going on, why didn't too no high one, like, up? Yeah, well, that see, that's the thing is like in the nine eleven theories when we talk about how no one, how people did make calls, you know. But I guess this is way higher than they were like being close to New York. Well, yeah, they're like going over the ocean. So anytime they're yeah. flying over the ocean, they're way up there. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I mean, there's it's yeah, possible, I mean, it makes sense. but people just always online because you that. have to I mean, you have to be to make like a call with a cell phone on a plane. You got to be fairly close to the ground. Like yeah, even if you're like sure. somewhat, it doesn't work. Mm-mm. It's not going to Especially connect. in 2001. That's why I was like for 9-11. It's just so weird that that even like worked. Yeah, but I think the technology, the wireless technology is probably different. It was probably like maybe even like phones, like I don't yeah, know, like I satellite phones yeah. even. No, they were cell phones, but yeah. Um, so the plane, so the plane just never, never shows up and everybody's like, what the hell? Where's, where's the plane? It was supposed to land. And so Malaysian Airlines had to issue a media, sorry, Malaysian Airlines had to issue a media statement at 724 a.m. One after one hour after the scheduled arrival time of the flight at Beijing. And they had to say that the contact with the flight had been lost at 2.40 a.m. and that the government had initiated search and rescue operations. So one thing to note is that it seemed like Malaysia, just Malaysian airlines and just Malaysia in general just were like, oh, it was a crash. 
just a kind of a freak accident type of thing, you know, when a plane just crashes because of a mechanical failure or something. Yeah, they were so sketch about it, um, Malaysia. I remember like watching the the footage of people waiting in this hotel for like answers about their family for like yeah, days. And Malay- the, they were so like the officials were terrible to them. Uh, no, little to no communication yes. or updates on the search or and anything. And they have been sketchy about this from day one. Day Absolutely. One. And a part, of, and as a part of their statement, they actually had to tell. They actually told people that the crew nor the aircraft's communication systems relayed a distress signal or any indications of bad weather or technical problems before the aircraft vanished from radar screens. So I think really they're trying to push, you know. But it's like if there was a mechanical failure or something, why was there no distress signal or there was like literally nothing? It just went quiet, like completely yeah. silent. And on March 24th, Malaysian Prime Minister Najib Razak appeared before the media at 2200 local time to give a statement regarding Flight 370. And at this time, he announced that he had been briefed by the Air Accidents Investigation Branch that it, that it and the satellite data provider Inmarsat had concluded that the airliner's last position, position before it disappeared was in the southern Indian Ocean. Hmm. So they confirmed that it had completely turned around and <laughs> yep. went the other way. So that, I mean, that's like has to be deliberate. And I've heard so many theories, but that that whole part of it just throws, if it just stopped like communicating all of a sudden right there, it'd be different. Right. But the fact that they can tell that it it was actively making a new route while the communication I don't understand how they're off, just saying this, this is like a normal accident. It's not. There's that's why there's clearly, so much sketchiness around right. this because of how weird this is. People can just use their common sense and say, this is... Something's fishy here. This is so weird. It's I mean, very how weird. do you lose this huge plane? Like, if you don't know how big a Boeing 77 is, 777, it is so it's big, the biggest dude. plane they make. Yes, and for that to just disappear... Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. And this is a highly, highly technologically advanced piece of equipment, too. This is not just, like, anything... This is, like, more, way more advanced than your house, like, anything that you can yep. think of. This has, like extremely smart computers on board and tons of really expensive equipment these planes are millions and millions of dollars so this is not just like some there's no way it's just some random thing like this kind of stuff just doesn't happen doesn't happen that's why you don't hear about other plane crashes like even if they're found later they're always found eventually that's kind of what people there's always a reason for eventually this will be found like when there's news coverage there's a lot of experts that are like this will be found the next couple months it'll be found like really soon and they then start it never comparing was. it to other plane crashes and they're like, oh, we found that just it took us some time, but we yeah. found it. This will be the same kind of way because this. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go for it. No, I've interrupted you. <laughs> it's OK. <laughs> but basically, the Malaysian uh, airlines and government were just like, there's no places where it could land. So the aircraft must have just crashed in the ocean. That's like literally their conclusion yeah. was like straight off the bat. Yeah, and um, there are places it could land for sure. Like, there's tons of little islands. But um, this was so mysterious at the time that even people on CNN were talking about aliens, dude. I remember, like, watching this. They had some expert dude who was on there, and he mentioned aliens. And they had, like, a conversation about, is that possible? Like, a legitimate one. And they were kind of joking, but it was just like, God. I mean, even they were like, dude, maybe. Because everybody's like, what the fuck? How Where does a giant go? airplane just disappear in thin disappeared, air? Disappeared, yeah. It's it's makes no sense whatsoever. And according to U.S. investigators' um, investigation, they suspected that the plane probably remained in the air for up to four hours before crashing into the ocean. 
So they think that it went on flying for hours and hours and hours and people probably were maybe slightly confused, but they probably didn't know. I mean, unless it was a straight up hijacking right? and they, they saw what was going on. So mm-hmm. of course everybody's like, well, what are you guys going to do about it? And the Malaysian government and, and airlines were really bad about this too, but they sent out search teams uh, to begin looking for the plane in the Indian ocean, about 1600 miles off the coast of Perth, Australia. And pings thought to be from the plane's black box recorders were being picked up in the area, supposedly, and a fleet of ships and aircraft were dispatched. And one thing to note about black boxes, because this is this is like kind of the last memories are ke- of the plane are kept in this black yeah. box is, I guess, a good way to put it. It records the last the final audio from inside the cockpit. But I read that when a plane crashes on impact the black boxes automatically eject and they actually float. Oh yeah. They're like indestructible. They could be set on fire. Like anything could happen. That's why it's so weird that they never found the fucking box. Right. If it crashed, unless it's on the bottom of the ocean somewhere. And for some reason doesn't work at that amount of pressure. Maybe. I mean, there are some really deep points of the ocean. Oh yeah. Miles. But if it, I mean, that's if it sinks, but it's supposed to float. Yeah. But when they were searching satellites, they're using satellites to locate debris um, and they found some trash and oil slicks that were seen in the water, but they they weren't able to recover any debris or anything related to MH370. And after about 10 days searching the area, radar estimates were recalibrated and the search was moved about 700 miles northeast. And this search area is huge. It is so enormous. I mean, I don't even understand how they could begin to tackle the the Indian Ocean is huge and it's such huge. a large, large space to search for a you know relatively small object like a plane in the ocean yeah compared to the ocean it's small tiny so they they've continued searching and, and going various different places they searched a huge search radius and they they never found anything and in january 2015 the plane's disappearance was ruled an accident huh. and at this juncture there and this is a quote from the malaysian director of general of the civil aviation department and he said at this juncture there is no evidence to substantiate any speculations as to the cause so basically that's a giant we don't know what the hell happened we have zero idea yeah because we didn't find shit in our search (laughs) we they literally did not find much in their search in the area that they thought the plane actually went down which like i said was off the coast of australia yeah and um i mean the thing that's really weird about it is I mean, maybe it would be hard to find the plane if it was just like all together. But like if it if it fell, if it crashed into the ocean, it would it's going to be in at least like millions of pieces, like two million pieces. If it's coming, if it's coming down hard from a high altitude. Yeah, because it's like hitting uh, concrete because it's picks up, obviously. No, I know. Yeah, exactly. When you talk about the the force of that. Yeah. So there would be pieces everywhere. And if then there's the fact falling. that, you know, they always tell you on your on the plane, your seat cushion floats if you have an emergency. So the, the seat cushions float. There should so be a lot. the fact that, that nothing, floats. not even a napkin or a bag of pretzels ever ended up on the shore is Or crazy. in the area they searched, which is huge. Yeah. But I mean, eventually things would end up on the shore because that's what a lot of experts said, too, back then. I remember when I was watching it, like, yeah, we may not find anything right now, but eventually something will come up on the shore. But now that it's 2018 and nothing's come up, not a single thing. Well, they did find debris off the shore, but not in the the original search area. Right. 
Yeah. Not but are they even completely sure it's from? It, they are. They are. They have officials have confirmed that it's true. Mm, that seems super weird. Only two places of air, only two pieces of airplane wreckage have been confirmed coming from MH370. Um, but before but before we talk about that, I just wanted to say that the the search went on for a long time in Australia, China, and Malaysia uh, were the big components to it, and they did underwater searches. I mean, they re- thoroughly searched this area yeah. that they thought the plane could be in because they spent it was a joint effort, and they spent one hundred sixty million dollars, yeah, in order to search this area. So they spent a lot of money and years a of lot time of to taxpayer get taxpayer dollars. All I'm gonna say is that's a lot of pressure on them to find something. Yes, I'm just I'm really not convinced that that's from that because. There was barely any coverage of that. If they confirmed that MH370 has been found, wouldn't that be just huge and everywhere? You would think. You would definitely you would think. think, dude. That's a huge topic. So I just think that's kind of like a very hush-hush way about looking at it. The and whole thing's been hush-hush, though. I mean, the whole thing, the way it's been reported has been hush-hush and probably, I don't know. I don't know what the reason is for that. But they stopped searching in uh, January of 2017, and they finished searching a 46,000 mile zone in remote waters off West Australia. So they mm-hmm. they they really thought that if they were going to find the plane, it was going to be off the west coast of Australia. But they found nothing, jack shit. Right. I just think I just think that's a lot of pressure on them to be like, you know, we spent 160 million dollars in taxpayer to show dollars. For it. Yep, that would look pretty bad. I don't know if it was completely taxpayer dollars, but it was. It was a lot of taxpayer dollars and a lot. And what's interesting, I think, is that China um, paid the lease, I think, for the search. And oh. they had the most people. They had like 180 people that died or went missing yeah. on that plane. Yeah. And they weren't that. They just kind of the reports were that they thought that the search was futile or futile. And there's just no reason to to continue it. So they didn't want to pay for it. They're just like, whatever, move on. Interesting. But like you just said, their officials have reported, and you can Google this, multiple news media outlets. I mean, this was on CNN, but they did over 2015 and 2016, they did find two pieces of airplane wreckage that have been confirmed as coming from MH370. And one was a flapperon, which is part of the wing, which was discovered on Reunion Island in July 2015 in an outboard wing flap found in Tanzania in June 2016. Mm. So they pretty much at this point, they definitely think it went down. I mean, if we're finding pieces of the wing, one has to think that without these people, I mean, it's not like this plane can land. Yeah. I mean, it could, I guess. Yeah, I didn't know all this. Since July 2015, about six pieces of wreckage have been confirmed as likely coming from the missing plane. That's crazy because... I just feel like there was barely any coverage of that. I mean, there I feel was, like I, I know I was shocked too. I was just, I did the same thing when I read God. that. I was like, really? How can we need? Yeah. Cause I think this? that was like right after I did my video. I don't know. Um, and the pieces were actually, so like reunion Island and, um, this other place called, um, Mar- Maritis are mm-hmm. off of the, off the Eastern coast of Australia or sorry, Africa near Madagascar. Is where these uh, debris were found. Hmm. The plane wing fa- fragment that was found in uh, Mauritius was delivered to the Australian um, investigation team that was working on this, and they were able to uh, 
see a legible OL part identifier on the plane piece, which allowed the investigators to definitively identify the wreckage. Wow. So they were able to trace it back to, I think they were able to go to Boeing and be like, where did this piece, you know, can you trace this number? And they were able to trace that this piece went to that plane somehow. Hmm. Yeah. And in total, since... 2015 about six pieces of wreckage were found but some of them they're they have no idea if it's for sure from um mh370 which is two includes two items of debris that were found in mozambique uh coast in december 2015 and february 2016 but they're fairly certain that they're from mh370 and a seventh fairly piece of certain. debris found in madagascar covered in burn marks may also come from the missing plane, but is yet to be verified. So I think there's some pieces of debris. There's no way they're going to ever be able to verify. Yeah. So if you, so yeah, yeah, if you look at the map, it's the east southeastern coast of Africa is where this debris washed up on shore. So it makes you wonder. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. They turned around and then went down somewhere here. Went, yeah. They in were the going out in the Indian middle, Ocean. literally yeah. out into the middle of the Indian ocean. It possible seems like debris is found possible debris, debris found debris, found debris. Interesting. Okay, so the plane, it seems like the plane definitely did go down. The question is how, how and why and where exactly. Mm. So, yeah, so yeah, we've got we're looking at pictures of of the actual plane. I'll link it in the description for you guys. Um, so you can actually go look at these pictures, but they have actual pictures of the debris they they recovered and it I mean, it looks legit to me. I mean, some people are like, oh, that could be fake. It could be fake debris. It could be. And it's possible it is. But, I mean, clearly there's the, the part identifier number. And unless everybody's yeah. in this conspiracy to yeah, make this thing disappear. Yeah, definitely makes it less likely to be a conspiracy, I feel like. Yeah. Huh. And another reason we wanted to talk about this, too, is because literally on March 19th, so a few days ago. Sunday, yeah. Yeah. A man by the name Peter McMahon a 64-year-old Australian mechanical engineer who's also spent 25 years working on crash investigations claimed that Google Earth images showed the missing plane in in the water 10 miles south of the island of Mauritius, which I was talking about, which is an island nation in the Indian Ocean. And there's literally, you can go look this up, I'll link it as well, but it's it does look somewhat like a plane. Yeah. The, the Google Earth image? It definitely does. It really does, actually. You can see the wings and yeah. the tail. You can't really see the cabin, though. But How do the, you know it's real, that well, picture? Well, that's the thing. is The engineer claims that the earlier searches for the aircraft did not explore this territory. Some oh. fragments of the plane's front section were found not far from Rodriguez Island. So why Island. would it be floating, though? Yeah, that's, that's very weird. I feel like you couldn't see it from the ocean, from the well, water. Well, it depends, though. And again... Again, it comes back to did it drop out of the sky because it ran out of gas or did it and just completely fell and crashed or did it actually glide? Because even if a plane's engines go out and it runs out of gas, it can glide for a long time. And if you weren't trying to what I'm saying is if you're not you're not trying to commit murder suicide here mm. and you're trying to save everybody on board or try to land it or whatever, oh. you would glide the plane. So you would even if it completely shut off you could glide that big old plane for a while wow okay. so it's possible it flew and then he saved out into people the and ocean. then they dropped huh i don't know though it's I, possible. even this the picture i mean is hard to say because that must be pretty shallow water for you to be able to see it from the surface 
So this looks like it's the middle of the ocean. Wouldn't it be way deeper than that? I don't think you could see it that clearly. Yeah. To the point. It just yeah. kind of looks like convenient and waves or think... even a whale. Like we don't even know what that could be. Yeah. And that's the thing. And he sent this evidence that he found to the um the actual team, the Australian Transport Security Bureau, who has been heading up the investigation. And they did not rule out that his find could be fragments of the plane. Um, this guy claims. And he also said that U.S. government representatives ordered the Australians to stick to their search region in the Indian Ocean. He claims this. He just claimed this. I don't know what this is based on, but yeah. it is interesting to think that for some reason we were trying to tell people to only search in a certain area, like yeah. Americans Why? were, somehow mm. indicating we might be involved. And according to this guy, four Americans were sent to Australia to search uh, to track and they have made sure that all the information received has been hidden from the public and this is what this uh, engineer told the newspaper that wrote this story about him mm. and he also said that authorities do not want the plane found as it's full of bullet holes finding it will only open another inquiry yeah because in the picture I mean but how can you tell if it's full of bullet holes from a Google image picture that of something that's underneath the ocean I mean that seems like kind of I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe if you have like some super, I mean, maybe he has access to a different version of Google Earth than we do. When he posted then, yeah, he'd, true. he'd take a screenshot. Yeah, I feel like he would post pictures <laughs> what, of what the bullet What great holes. version of it does he have access to that we don't? <laughs> so that was the story that broke and a lot of people went and said, this is bullshit because the Google Earth images this guy put forth were from November 6, 2009, which is mm. four years before, or uh, four years earlier before the plane disappeared so, so these can't possibly it could be bullshit i mean officials oh. say it's bullshit but he claims it isn't but he could be just yeah making this up so this is where we this is where we get to really speculate about what happened and we we started doing that here just a second ago but one of the biggest theories is that this was a murder suicide by the pilot right and that he purposely took control of the plane, shut off all the systems because he would have the know-how to do that. He's yep. the pilot. He he probably knows more than the co-pilot even does, yep. I would imagine. So he probably knows how to unless I mean it's even possible this guy was in on it. I don't I don't know how that would be possible, but it's it is possible. The other co-pilot? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Cuz he's in the cockpit with you. So what do you do with him if you're planning to murder suicide this thing? Well, see, I just don't believe the murder suicide thing personally like i think if anything it was taken over by someone and he was forced to do what he did right because because when we're talking about the pilot committing suicide as well they they investigated this and there was no indication Nothing. like both these guys had good lives for the mm -hmm. most part normal lives their families were like they just didn't they, like, they just didn't just, do that That's would it, not... it'd be totally out of character for them. yeah and he was actually well known around the area um it just doesn't make a lot of sense. There was no warning signs. There was just no, because a lot of people that do end up committing suicide, there's red flags or signs. Yeah. You're able to find yeah. things that may, I mean, not always, but you are usually. So what about the fact something. that he had a flight simulator though? Because that's like one thing that a lot of people are like, that's super weird. But I think a lot of Most pilots, pilots end up do building that. them. Especially yeah. ones that love flying. Like yeah, why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. It'd be fun. Practice, yeah. Um. So when we start talking about what else could happen 
for uh, for me and you, I think we're on the same page. We both think it was hijacked somehow. Yeah, I did. I definitely think it was hijacked. And most experts actually think it was hijacked as well. The only question is is whether or not it was the pilot or the third or some third party right. or you know some person terrorists hacking whatever it may be. And of course, as part of the investigation, they searched into the backgrounds of all the passengers on board and found nothing alarming. So, except for that mystery passenger we talked about earlier. Um, which we have zero oh. idea if, if that's even real or who it is or what. We have no mm. clue who that would have been. But all the other passengers checked out. There was nothing that would suggest that they would want to hijack a plane. Huh. And so back to this guy we were talking about who had this really interesting theory about this mystery passenger. And he's the one who put forth the evidence that there really could have been somebody on that flight who was not supposed to be in, and somehow they yeah. flew under the radar and got on and, and, and did, did a good job of, yeah, and did something and may have been responsible for what happened. Hmm. So this is a, this is a theory that this guy put forth and it's, it's a little confusing. So bear with me, but he thinks that for some reason there was somebody on board that deliberately wanted to engage with this U S military base called diego garcia right which diego is an garcia island is a big theory when it comes to mh370 yes and it's an island out in the middle of the indian ocean and there's a large or i guess not large but there's a military base there a u.s military base because one of his pieces of evidence for this theory i'm about to put forth is that there are eyewitness accounts from yep. islanders in the maldives who claim they saw a low-flying jet on the day the aircraft disappeared yep. mm-hmm Hundred percent. They they said well, they yeah, saw. Yeah, why would they lie? Right, exactly. <laughs> a bunch of them said that actually. That was one of the main reasons when, like, my theory when this first was happening. I remember thinking, like, I think someone hijacked this plane, and then took it and landed it somewhere. Re and then took off again, and took it somewhere, put it in a hangar, and had planned to use it as a weapon in the future. That was my theory back then. But I mean. It's possible. I and I mean, I think is. I think you have to when talking about what these islanders in the Maldives saw, it could have been. So what they're saying is that maybe because these people saw this low flying plane, maybe it was really MH370 flying south towards Diego Garcia Air Force Base. And that's why they would have saw it. But mm -hmm. maybe they just saw a military plane. But they think but according to the eyewitness reports, they were like, yeah, it was like really big yeah. and it does sound a lot like yeah, it was a big air. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So this guy puts forth that there's no doubt in it. So he, this guy basically thinks that the plane ended up in the Bay of Bengal, hmm. which is up, up near India. And he thinks that a soft ditch landing um, was performed and that it then slowly sank while drift gliding to an unknown site, whereby using the most basic standards of probability still likely fully intact so he thinks somehow the russians are involved with this possibly and that um <laughs> they ended up in the bay of bengal huh. because they were this this aircraft may have been i don't know taken over by russians or hacked and and was then hacked. being used to like That's interesting crash into this military base possibly i guess is the theory to crash into it yeah to like use it as a weapon right but then we would have had reports about the crash and the attack well, at the, 
And that's the thing. Is, oh, they think it was a he thinks it was a failed attempt to do this. Right. Right. Why wouldn't the Russians just use their own? If they were really going to like strike war with us. Well, it's and a like a random way. base on Diego Garcia. That's not that important. to No, us. like I mean, I don't think so. Not and, saying that people aren't there aren't important or anything, but it's not like a huge base. that right. would, Like take down the United States. Seems no, like kind it of seems a, a bit of a plot. stretch to think that why and why for what gain? Like what yeah. game would they have? But the the theory of the plane being hacked is very interesting. Josh, you should try to speculate on that a little bit since you understand hacking way more than me. Yeah, yeah. So, because that's totally possible. In fact, like George Bush admitted that they were currently working on or already had the technology to control airplanes from the ground. Well, this um, is the this is the thing about it is like there there's a lot of people that think that. The way that the technology for airplanes is being developed and the software that's being developed ever since 9-11 it's been a huge fear that planes would be used as weapons like you yeah. said and that they have actually created the technology for planes to be overrided and remotely controlled by the tower or whoever it is the airline or whatever yeah. in the event of an emergency mm -hmm. so anytime you have any sort of remote control access to anything there is always that basically opens a door for hackers to, to try yeah. to exploit it and try to take control Jake, over that control. So scary, and they can dude. do that. They do that with computers, that's phones, like literally everything. So these airplanes are extremely advanced computers. And it's possible that the autopilot onboard computer could have been hacked and then reprogrammed and flown to a secret location. So maybe this was the doing of maybe Russians or, or, some sort of hacking group or terrorist group even and they hack this plane and if you're able to take over the autopilot computer then you can then punch in new coordinates and then fly to those coordinates without any control from a human it's crazy and that's something that is really interesting to think about that whenever you get on a plane the actual pilots in the cockpit don't do that much they're only no, really there no. for like takeoff and landing yeah but once cousin, it's up there my cousin's a pilot he told me that he's like there's really you really don't do that much yeah but once you're up there it's a computer it's that's really taking it. off and landing that they do yeah super interesting so it's very possible that it was uh hijacked and that maybe it was flying to a some secret location like you said and yeah. some group was then gonna Take use it. it for whatever they were gonna use it for yeah And that's the and that's the uh, other theory when it comes to hijackers is that they land they landed the plane and then hit it somewhere remote. I really think that's super possible because the biggest proponent for this theory is the fact that if the seven 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 did crash, there would be loads of debris. And the fact that we've only gotten a couple scraps from it is like, yeah. what the hell happened? So people think that maybe the plane was diverted to a small remote airstrip maybe diego i mean maybe that military base i mean maybe yeah. there's some sort of government u.s government cover-up here i mean it's possible but why and yeah. you know but there are other options as far as landing places it doesn't really like for me it doesn't really make much sense that the u.s would be like involved because what would they be getting out of this i can see a ha like a uh hacker or like right it doesn't seem criminal, worthwhile terrorist to yeah, I mean, they have that they can make their own planes. Yeah. Like, why would they be doing this? And people that have really tried to blow that there wasn't anyone out important of on it either that you'd be trying sense. to kill. Like, well, that's the thing. And, and if you think about it, this plane had a majority 
the as far as the people go it yeah. was chinese like a yeah. huge so if it yeah. was us that would be like war on china yeah if we did had something to do with that so it's too risky that just that is so i just feel like that's bullshit although i really do think that hackers may have taken it although if they really found these parts that proves that they didn't yeah so that was my idea before that but now that that's come out i mean yeah it sounds like it just i think it was it was hijacked and either this person was crazy. Maybe someone was just crazy. Like it's never happened before in history. But what if someone hijacked the plane? They're not for any terrorist group. They're just like some wing nut. Or a flight attendant. Yeah. What if this was like the first time a flight attendant's hijacked plane? Yeah. Or just like a, I just feel like a regular passenger could have just been like, this is my weird fantasy to like hijack a plane and crash it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, maybe that's what they it's did. It's possible. Like, it could have been a total freak thing for all we know. Maybe yeah. it wasn't planned at all. Some like bizarro person that did this. It's possible. Or this mystery passenger that we or have a no clue yeah. whether or not he, it actually existed or if it did, who the hell that person was. And the main, I mean, the main argument for it not being terrorism is that, well, no one claimed it. Because like when ISIS does anything or, you know, the Taliban does anything, they're like stepping up first place to claim that they like want to claim it they're not going to like pretend they didn't do it well yeah why why else would you do it to just deny it i mean you work right. so hard on it and you want to be taken seriously you'd want to take credit for it but with that theory if they were really taking a plane or wanted to use a plane maybe they wouldn't tell people you know like if they didn't kill anyone they just like took the plane and i guess what, what would you do with the extra people but just again, doesn't because they found the wreckage. Just I mean, it seem just doesn't it. seem like it doesn't seem worth it. No, all that effort. It seems to me, honestly, it seems like someone hijacked it, either fucked up, screwed it up, and crashed in the water, or maybe maybe a passenger like tried to, or the people like overtook the plane, like United ninety three, yeah, and crashed it because they would rather that. Than, I just like, don't know if it, it crashed though. Yeah, the debris thing is got is just totally yeah, bizarre. That's the thing to, the see, fact that we haven't found look, again, though, it is possible that it was gliding. I mean, the search area we will never be able to search this area effectively. I mean, maybe with satellite technology, we will be able to. But on you know, a, on its own, there's no way. We'll and be you able know, to that little that. flap, the, the thing, it was like filled with cardboard. You can see cardboard in the middle of the wing. Did you see that? Yeah, I don't think that's cardboard, but... Well, it didn't look very strong. Whatever it is, if it hit the ground that hard, it would be in a billion pieces. Yeah, That seems make... like a very large piece for them to have just found if the yeah. thing fell out of the sky and hit the... It is literally a now concrete. Now that you say that, I'm like... I it's just very like the, possible the... that this all the debris that's been confirmed is maybe just like... They're like pretty sure. Or they're... Yeah, because they're, they have found... Like other planes have gone down in that area, so... They have found debris from other planes, so it could just be other planes debris or right. maybe they're just or maybe this is a giant cover up and it's just fake debris to be. get us to think that it crashed and maybe or, it didn't crash or whatever group that is responsible, whatever country puts Did this it. fake debris yeah, out totally. there to be. We found. don't know where it came from. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be saying that if there weren't like all these other hugely confusing elements to this. Like I wouldn't just all the, you know, jump to the conclusion that it's fake debris and stuff unless there are some really interesting things here that just don't make sense, especially the debris that doesn't make any sense. The fact that no one's found like I just feel like the those big pieces would not have survived that like there no. are examples crashed, of other no. planes coming down from that that high up dude like it's ba isn't it something with it's like 
<laughs> we're gonna sound dumb again. Altitude. People made fun of us for like sucking at biology last time. Oh yeah. Uh, no, but when when something when you drop something, it picks up like a second for every ten velocity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to go a lot quicker, and it's going to slam into it like literally like concrete, break up into a million pieces all over, and there should be stuff everywhere. And there's so many things that are buoyant. Like if you found a piece of the wing, but you didn't find any seat cushions. Because that doesn't make sense unless the whole plane, unless it like hit at a speed where it was slow enough that the wings broke off, went there, went wherever. And then the main compartment, what is that called? The fuselage? The cabin. I think it's called the fuselage. There is uh, a fuselage, yeah. Like sunk down with everything in it, contained in it. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Wings snap off the right. whole tubular Big pieces part of debris and it's all sunk. with and, everything and, inside. Right. In the people it's inside. possible it is possible yeah especially because there's areas that are so deep like miles and miles and miles you especially just, out in the middle and i think my theory is that i don't know if it i don't know if it crashed i almost think that maybe it glided for a while yeah maybe it maybe it was trying to get to somewhere and it kind either of. either made it or it that's didn't make risky, it and though. then because that's the thing is like that's hard to do any again. pilot unless they mm. were trying to intentionally crash the plane they would glide it i feel like yeah, they I, would glide I know, the plane. but like I think with, you know, the Hudson River and and uh, Captain Phillips who landed the, the plane on the Hudson River, that was calm enough that he could do that. That's, That's very, very open hard ocean to do would on be open ocean. Right, absolutely. I mean, these are huge waves, dude. I just don't see that being the only reason that worked was because he was on a river. It wouldn't have worked in the ocean at all. Yeah, it would Likely still would have been a, a really rough impact. So... But there, I mean, I there's know, tons I have of more wild questions than answers. That's for sure. There's tons of wild theories out there about this. Some claim that the plane was shot down accidentally during military operations. <sighs> um, one book about this uh, missing flight has said that maybe it was accidentally shot by a U.S. tie strike fighters as a part of their training drill, and it just went wrong. But why? That that never happens. First of all, why and would that happen? Second of all, if that did happen, we would have information that that happened. There would be someone saying, "Mayday, mayday! The plane's been shot. We're going right. down." Like there was nothing. The communications were shut off. Right. The fact that it was shut off is so clear that this was deliberate. That someone purposely did this, knowingly did this. Somebody knew what was going on. <clears throat> it was a plan because Very to plain. unplug that communication stuff, you have to like go in a separate. It's not like something you just easily like flick off. Like well, a that's why switch. people say like it wasn't down hijackers the plane. unless. Because it is so, you have like literally have to be a pilot in order to know to how to shut it. down a Boeing well, 777. Well, they could force you to do it, like by gunpoint. That's true. A know? hijacker could force that for sure. I don't know, man. Yeah, because it could have been a hijacking <laughs> group that wanted the plane and they were planning to fly it somewhere. Or maybe even like they put in that weird flight path on purpose. The pilot did. Yeah. But just in order, because what if this, ha here's an idea. What if... This was a hijacking and the the terrorists or whatever the group is wanted to use it kind of like a 9-11 type thing. Crash it into yeah, Beijing or saying. something. Yeah. Yeah. What and about in, it? And in, but I'm saying instead of in. So they went to the pilots and like, hey, we're, we're we want you to do this. Yeah. And then they instead and, he decided to crash it. Yeah. And instead he either decided to crash it or he put in that flight path because he knew it. He remembered it from a simulator. Because mm. the coordinates would be the same as the simulator. So he was like, I'll he just was like, pretend I'll just, I'm going there. Right. But I'll have it go to the middle of the ocean and 
right down. instead of crashing it i'll just punch in these coordinates on the autopilot computer and like oh. shut down everything and lock it so that they can't take the plane where they want it to go yeah that's what i was thinking that makes complete sense and instead they just flew it the opposite they're like but still we'll just fly the opposite the way and crash in that theory there's a hijacker as well so we pretty much agree that but then why didn't we find it why where did it crash <gasps> oh the so many questions continues, dude what so happened annoying. oh my god i just have so many questions i feel so bad for all these families too like i can't i just cannot imagine not knowing what happened to my loved one so many people have to deal with that it's just sucks and the, and the problem with this has been the cooperation between countries has been really bad and malaysia has been very weird about it and it almost seems like malaysia is trying to at all costs like not make their pilots look bad mm -hmm. and so maybe they're trying to like protect protect them and and hold back know, information man, just for one dude i mean he could let one dude go down doesn't mean all your pilots that are malaysians just suck because of this guy i mean i don't know that seems like a stretch too one theory that um i don't think we have written down but one theory i heard some expert talking about on cnn back a few years ago was that there could have been a fire on the plane and the the cockpit could have or the i mean sorry the whole plane could have just filled with smoke and people passed out could yeah. have passed out um, or some type of chemical or they dropped a certain speed and you can like pass out from or they flew too high But There's why always, would the flight path change? I don't know. Well, I mean in the see, that doesn't make and, any and, sense. and if the simulator thing is again I think my the theory I put forward is Pretty close to what happened because yeah, it is very if indeed there was this flight path on his simulator it shows you that the captain Shaw yeah had that in his head and he punched that into the computer for whatever reason. We don't know if it's because he wanted to kill himself or he wanted to protect the rest, protect the rest of, protect from something worse happening. Worse, yeah. I mean, for all we know, there could have been a bomb on board. And it's not like anyone, a terrorist organization would have claimed it if it didn't work. If it was a failed thing, they yeah, wouldn't have claimed it. That's the thing. Hmm. Maybe when the group never saw the plane crash in Beijing or wherever it was supposed to go, they just like said nothing and they were just like, that was it. And, the, and that, but it is weird that it has been kept eerily quiet and just like very, you know, they haven't told the victims much of anything, including yeah. the victims families. They still are very confused and want oh, answers because so nobody is giving any information out. And what I found interesting was that the former Malaysian prime minister, uh, Mahathir Mohammed, accused the CIA of of knowing the whereabouts yes, of flight MH370. Mm -hmm. He was like, the CIA knows where it's at. Yep. And another thing I read is that apparently Russia has satellites that are above this area and they have the ability to see everything going. That's the thing is like our planet is covered in satellites. by satellites all the time. How do we not see this? How do we not be able to find something? Yeah, no. So and, and satellites that are being used by people all over. It's not like one company's like. No, there's everything. Tons. There's tons of random people all over the world can that can get into it. So like trying to hide something like that would be super hard. It would be extremely <sighs> hard. And this prime minister, this former prime minister in a blog said that someone was hiding something because of the plane's GPS system failed. Then Boeing or the U.S. government agency would know why, which I feel I, I would love to know, like for sure, if that's true or not. If Boeing, maybe they have like some, because it's like, really, you, you like this plane just can, has the ability to just disappear completely. You guys don't ever have just like something on it in case, like 
Yeah. If you think about it, like you would think they'd have some sort of system in place so that if the worst happens like this scenario where the whole thing gets the whole computer gets shut down and taken over, that they would still have some way to something. You'd think they would just have it so you can't turn it off. Right. So weird. Yeah, something like that. But the fact that they don't. So as far as as far as Diego Garcia goes, when we mentioned that earlier, the United States actually had to deny the claims that any plane like MH370 had landed at its military base because this was actually very popular. And I remember seeing uh, the headlines and some of the rumors going around that the plane was headed for this tiny island that sits 3,500 kilometers from Malaysia in the middle of the Indian Ocean. But the U.S. Embassy in Malaysia Malaysia actually said there is no truth to the speculation, which, of course, we don't know for sure. But there was no indication that MH370 flew anywhere near the Maldives or Diego Garcia. There's just no, we don't have any proof that it did. Mm. And another theory that gained traction in the summer of 2014 was the suggestion that the airliner that crashed in a field in Ukraine was, in fact, the lost Malaysian flight MH370. But this was actually Malaysian flight MH17. And according to the theory, the proposed, which has been proposed by a lot of different conspiracy sites, and you may have seen it out there, but according to the theory, MH370 was hijacked and forced to land safely in an undisclosed location. And some of the people that believe this theory say that the plane was taken to the U.S. military base Diego Garcia because they believed this to be within range of where MH370 disappeared. And that it then deliberately crashed near uh, Donetsk, or I I don't think I'm saying that right, the Donetsk by U.S. agents months later in a false flag operation. So that's in Ukraine, designed to discredit Russia. That's pretty far out there to think that it's possible, I guess, but there's no indications that that's where the plane went. So they're saying that the U.S., used that as like a false flag attack on uh russia in order to get to get back at them pretty much that makes no sense it doesn't make a lot of sense and to support the argument some of them have said that the fact that wreckage found in the ukraine seems to have a different configuration of windows to the actual malaysian flight mh17 and that a malaysian flag on the side of the fuselage is not in the right place but any pictures that they produce of that, many people think are fake. So again, whenever we talk about conspiracy theories, people will people will go to great lengths to create a narrative that they want to push. Yeah. And I mean, we I think people like to solve things or feel like they've solved something. So, so I mean, yes, the U.S. and the CIA could have organized some really elaborate attack involving this big giant plane which makes no sense whatsoever because mm-hmm. if the cia wanted a boeing 777 they just go buy a boeing 777 right. why would they need to hijack a plane with americans on it for one and you know lots of chinese people again it just seems like the risk to do this because if this ever got out which again it probably would if this was true eventually china would be like would launch war on us immediately yeah. And why would they want to do that? No, so they it would just not makes want no to do sense. that at all. Why would they want to do that? But the last theory we'll talk about, or the last two theories real quick. Some people think that maybe there's an Asian Bermuda Triangle. Like there's just a place, the energy's weird, 
maybe there's like an inter interdimensional portal if we're getting really trippy with it that this plane went through and maybe it literally just disappeared into another dimension which is possible yeah it's possible there's there are there could be like a little black hole out there and they just flew into it and went into another dimension or wow, some sort of portal crazy. some people think that kind either or that like aliens or something or aliens just straight up took it for themselves but why would they do that why would they want a stupid airplane so those are the the main theories around it there's so many more because people are always trying to come up with explanations for this because it's it's truly aviation's greatest mystery it really is it is and it's something that i feel like people will wonder about until we get a final answer like this will just continue and who knows a hundred years from now they could be talking about this like the titanic and do you think we'll it find out. like find the actual it's name. possible i mean we found the titanic way after right years years, years after so well we you're yeah, right because eventually we're going to have technology that we're going to be able to scan the whole ocean yeah we'll be able to know what's at the bottom eventually of the ocean they'll know. Hopefully, if they don't already in <laughs> unless satellites. it's in another dimension or aliens took it it could what if it maybe it like maybe mandela effect here like they traversed the multiverse and are you know a plane popped up in another parallel universe it's possible and maybe those just people they still all those people are still alive and they just exist in a parallel universe <laughs> that's wishful thinking it's possible so what what if you had to say like what do you think happened just in like a short I think it was a hijacking that was either stopped or a hijacking gone wrong. That's what I think. It just seems like there was too much deliberate moves that were made yeah. during it. The whole flight plan thing, like if it just disappeared, like flying into Beijing, that'd be one thing. Yeah. But the fact that it, it didn't do that and it completely pulled a U-turn and went the other way. Yeah, it's just like so and bizarre. If the whole flight simulator simulator thing is real and that was actually on there, which it sounds like it was. It just shows you that the the pilot Shaw had that already pre-planned in his yeah. head. At, maybe it was like his emergency route or something. Yeah. And it was been. weird because like that was deleted off the dude's hard drive, which yeah. is a little sketchy. But it's also like maybe he just deleted it because he needed, he needed more space on his hard drive. But it's huh. I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was something malicious. Maybe it was. A, I, I still think it's possible. It was just a murder suicide or maybe something went wrong with him or he had a psychotic breakdown yeah. or i mean who knows the, could be. the possibilities are limitless i mean yeah, we just have that's no why clue. there's so many so many theories and so many hands in the pot here because there's just so much but we'd love to hear what you guys think if you're watching this on youtube leave us a comment and let us know what you guys think happened to mh370 and if you think we will ever find it i sure hope we do not only for to know like what happened but for the victims families because obviously a lot of people, you know, over 200 people lost their lives on this plane if it indeed crashed. And or even I mean, even if they're out there missing somewhere, it's I'm sure it's not in a great place or condition. So, yeah, you know, obviously we want to recognize those people that may have died and, you know, the pain that these victims families have felt about this. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, it's got to be awful to s speculate, you know, hear all these speculations about what happened and literally have no answers no clue what happened to your loved ones i can't i can't even imagine what that would be like to not know you know to have somebody disappear on an airplane that's crazy dude i can't i seriously like it's so creepy i think that's why people are so freaked out by it because 
most people have been on an airplane like this could have happened to anybody yeah it could have happened to anybody it's i know really i was scary. just thinking about it. I'm like yeah we were just over there not that long ago that could have ha- yeah it could literally happen to anybody so i hope we find the answers to the mis- the mystery of this missing flight. I do too. I for really the sake do. of these poor freaking people and like their families. I remember there was one woman who I just followed so closely. She was really trying to go on social media. I think it was her husband was either Australian or American. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was may have been Philip Wood. Yeah, it might have been his family. Because yeah. I remember they had him on the news and they were talking to him and stuff. Yeah, and she was really accusatory of people like, you know, this is sketchy. I believe he's still out there. I believe he's alive. Like, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. God, my hair's like all. Yeah, because I guess that it, it's very possible the plane landed somewhere. And yeah. Maybe the people are still alive. I mean, oh, that'd be crazy. Sometimes I'm like, God, oh, what if it was like the show lost? Like they like just ended up on an maybe oh, they did crash lost. and they're on some island somewhere. God, that's a good show. No, that's they, possible, it could be, but but it would be hard. It's pretty unlikely. I mean, they probably searched like all the islands in that area I well mean, they no would not have, out in man. the middle of the ocean i guess but you would think that they probably did review land masses in that area to see yeah, if there's anything i'm on. sure they did because it's always a possibility but hopefully we'll know at some point but that's where we'll end it today thank you guys for tuning in to episode number 11 the mysterious disappearance of flight mh370 Thanks again for listening. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment, leave a rating. Yeah, we want to know what you guys think, because clearly at the end of the day, Josh and I have no idea. I mean, that's the thing about this mystery is it's it's just such a mystery. And there's so many like holes. Every theory has holes in it and every possibility has holes in it. So like when you have that many issues, it's just like. There's so many possibilities and we want to know what you guys think. Tell us in the comments if you think MH370 was hijacked, if you think it actually really went down, if you think the pieces are real. Like we want to know what you guys think about all of this and your best guess at what happened. Um, Absolutely. But thanks for listening. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you guys next time. See you next time, guys. Stay well. And I've been quiet for so long